You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV. If you don't have your Bibles, open up those Bible apps or not that. You need to at least have a Bible app, praise God. <laughs> at least open that Bible app up if you're a paperless person. But if not, we've got you covered on the screen, no doubt. 1 Samuel 17, verse 1, I'm going to read through 11. When you're there, say amen. amen. Praise God. Give you a few more moments to get there. 1 Samuel 17, my wife sends her greetings, and uh, she asked me, she said, uh, she said, what's the connection? And I was explaining to her the connection. And one of the things I said, Pastor kind of confirmed today during lunch, I said, I don't know them all that well, but I said, I do feel a kindred connection. And I can't necessarily explain that, but I feel at home, and I'm so thankful uh, for your pastor, his friendship, and what God is doing here in O'Fallon. First Samuel 17 and 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sukkah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sukkah and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. Everybody kind of get what's happening here, the imagery. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin, a bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield-bearer went before him, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, man, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And I want to preach this thought tonight by the help of the Holy Ghost. What does an umbrella have to do with this? What does an umbrella have to do with this? Would you help me pray? Lord, we love you. We honor you. Your presence is already here. I pray that you would anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective. Help me to preach and teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. God, I release the gift of faith in this place today, God. I pray over these next few days, we're submitted to your lordship and that you would do what you want to do in this place because you are God and God alone. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord in Jesus' name? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and ask them, what does an umbrella have to do with this? Amen. Oh, you know, thank you, Pastor. I love this pulpit, by the way. Uh, there's a man who had went to the doctor, like I was thinking about doing earlier this week, uh, and I chose not to. Uh, like a typical man, right? I'll be okay. He goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, man, how are you feeling? What's going on? And uh, he said, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm hurting all over. It just seems like I'm in so much pain. And he said, well, tell me about it. He said, doc, I mean, every, my head, arms. He said, literally, everywhere. And the doctor was just, he was puzzled for a bit, so he said, well, let me just ask you a few more questions. He did, and Every time he answered a question, he just said, Doc, I, I don't know how else to tell you, but when I tell you I'm hurting all over, I mean, man, I'm hurting all over. He said, okay. I get it. He said, touch your head. He touched his head. He was like, oh, man. He said, I'm, I'm, it, it hurts. It hurts. My head is throbbing with pain. He said, touch, touch your neck. He did. He said, man, ah, he just winced in pain. The doctor was just confused and bewildered because he said, man, your head, your neck. He said, touch your shoulder. He, he touched his shoulder, and he just, oh, just kind of bent over in pain and just went through this several times. And uh, the doctor was like, just t touch your knee. And he was like, look, I have told you once. I told you so many times. I'm in a lot of pain. Touch his knee. Oh. And the doctor was like, I think I know what's going on. And the guy was really relieved. He was like, this is good news. Tell me what's going on. And he said, well, it's simple. You're an idiot. And the guy was like, no, 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 no. I'm in a lot of pain. He said, no, you're an idiot. He said, what, what are you talking about? He said, because there's nothing wrong with your body. You have a broken finger. Sometimes, sometimes in life, one thing that's wrong with us can make a lot of things hurt. There can be this one thing in your life, there can be this one thing in my life that seems to ruin absolutely everything. And that was the situation for one of the most infamous stories in Scripture that no doubt if you have any experience or exposure to Christianity, regardless of your faith tradition, you are certainly familiar with the narrative of the story of David and Goliath. How do we defeat the Goliaths? In our lives. A Goliath is a circumstance or a scenario. It's a pain, it's a problem that looms large, if you will. It's one of those instances that it's just absolutely overwhelming. And we're told in scripture that Goliath is over nine feet tall. Verses five through seven, he wore over 100 pounds of armor. This giant is a big problem for the Israelites. He is an overwhelming existence in their lives. And not only that, but this giant that they're facing is intimidating them. All of them are dismayed and greatly afraid. And when you think of it, when you look at it, we all at some point, if we're going to be real, and that can be sometimes the dilemma with church people, because I love all of you all, even though I don't know you, but I love all of you. But you know what? Church people, we are the best actors ever. 
I mean, some of us could, we are putting on, like even right now, we are putting on Academy Award winning performances. <laughs> we are just like, we like, child, he's good, praise God. And the reality is, yes, God is good, but at the same time, you know you're facing something, you've been battling something, but you're coming in and everything is great and everything is gravy, and we're faking everybody out, but we know that there is a Goliath that is tormenting us, that is taunting us, and he's intimidating us, and he's reminding us that if we want to get the promise, and by the way, can I tell you, you can have your promise if you will defeat your giant. But he's defying us, and he's telling us, I'm in the way. We all have Goliaths in life. And we might as well just be real with one another and just acknowledge, we've all got issues, we've all got hang-ups, we've all got a destructive habit in our life, we've all have, deal, have, have to dealt with a Goliath. Okay, that got like three people. Okay, so let me say this. Maybe for some of you all that have obviously never had a Goliath in your life, can I just tell you, keep living? Because if you haven't had a Goliath in your life, and if you're currently not dealing with a Goliath in your life, can I tell you, you will deal with a Goliath in your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You will have to fight that. And what I'm talking about is these Goliaths strike fear in our hearts. When the, Philistines, when the Israelites heard this, all of Israel, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Look at verse 24 in that same chapter. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were much afraid. See, these Goliaths are gigantic challenges or obstacles, these giants in our lives that can enact fear upon us because they torment us at the very thought of confronting it. Can I tell you, though, none of us can change what we're unwilling to confront. If we're going to change something in our lives, we're going to have to at some point confront it. If you and I are going to take a step forward and advance in spiritual territory, we're going to have to confront some things. And there's various types of Goliaths. There's medical Goliaths. There's relational Goliaths. There's financial Goliaths. There's circumstantial Goliaths. There are career Goliaths. There's mistakes from the past Goliaths. There are uh, there's things that somebody else did to you that might be a Goliath. But whatever it is, it is big. And the problem with the Goliath, it just doesn't go away. Look at this. Look at verse 16 of the chapter. I want you to see this in 1 Samuel 17, verse 16. Look at this here. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. Every time you and I try to get away from it, every time you think you've ignored it, every time you think you have turned your back to it, Goliath is there towering over you and I, taunting you, daring you, mocking you and your God. And Goliath just won't leave you alone. There's no one here that hasn't faced a Goliath. And like I said, if you haven't, just keep living, you will. But whatever it is, hear me, hear me, whatever it is you happen to be facing today or whatever it is that you will be facing, I'm going to encourage you. I need you to do this. This is part of the paradigm shift. I need you to name it, whatever it is, I need you to name it Goliath. Because at least when you do that, you understand where it's going to end up. Praise God. 
I'm telling you, you need to understand no matter what you're facing, your God is greater. There is nothing greater than the God that we serve. No medical diagnosis, no relationship dilemma, no financial circumstances, no emotional hurts or hang-ups. I want you to know the God that we serve is greater. And if you will name your situation Goliath, I'm here to tell you and prophesy to you and encourage you that it will be defeated and God will get the glory. If you believe that, clap your hands unto him. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost, praise God. Name it, Goliath. See, the nation of Israel is facing a dilemma that has literally paralyzed them with fear. It's arrested any forward mobility, and it appears daily to taunt them and to mock their God. Goliath has challenged all of Israel. He has challenged their well-being. He's challenged their, their peace. He stood, hear me, he stood in between their past and their future. God had made some promises to Israel in the, in the past regarding where he wanted them in the future. But here's the dilemma. In between their past and as they stand on the precipice of their future, there's this huge problem. As a matter of fact, the problem is so daunting that it makes the past promises seem like a fairy tale and something that will not come to pass. And see, this is what a Goliath does. He stands in the way of what you read in your Bible and the reality of your experiences or your expectations. This is why we have to understand that if we kill our giant, we can have our promise. And this is where David comes on the scene. So we know the story of David and Goliath. So here's what I want us to consider. How did David kill Goliath? Now, this, this isn't a trick question, but how did David, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, I'm confident that you would communicate that he killed him with a slingshot and a stone. But if we stare at Scripture, if we stare at, I believe there is a principle and a secret weapon that every follower of Jesus Christ has access to. Now, I want you to get this, okay? This principle is going to help you deal with the Goliath in your life, the thing that is overwhelming, the thing that is looming large, the thing that is trying to intimidate you, the thing that is trying to torment you, the thing that is trying to tell you you will not make it, the thing that is trying to tell you you won't get out of this situation, the thing that's trying to tell you it will never change, the thing that is trying to get you to give up and surrender, the thing that is trying to get you from making forward progress in God. Now, don't miss this. Repetition in Scripture is always a clue to emphasis, okay? Repetition in Scripture is always a clue to emphasis. So when we see something in Scripture in the same context, about the same event, in the same story, this gives us a clue that we should pay extra attention, okay? So there's something that's repeated twice in this story that would be easy for us to read over and miss. However, if we stare at it, we're going to get it. Now, let me give you an example first. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Look at this. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong 
and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn uh, from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That literally means to murmur. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, in other words, we just heard the Lord say something, and he repeated it over and over. Same context, same instance, same story, same timeline. And what is he trying to get us to understand? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. Can I tell you, I just feel a prompting in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to get a Holy Ghost boldness about yourself when you're confronting your Goliath. Now is not the time to cower down. Now is the time to stand up and stand. Now is the time to stand up and be strong and very courageous and confront your devil, confront that Goliath, confront that depression, confront that heartache, confront that addiction, confront it. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Ha, Pastor, I'm going to switch mics. Can I do that? I'm going to switch mics. Just give me, I, I need a little bit more monitor because... I might be in trouble by the time the night is over. Pray for you all won't be able to hear me at all. Praise God. Testing. Let me let's try this. Testing. Oh, praise God. Okay. Give me a little that helps me out a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. So, okay. So be strong and very courageous. In other words, we've heard Jesus say things in scripture like truly, truly, or verily, verily. And here is the repetition we read in this story. Now, y'all ready for this? Praise God. I need to know y'all ready. Okay. I know, Pastor. Are y'all ready? Because this is going to, I mean, something's going to happen here. I need, are y'all ready? Praise God. Okay. Don't, don't miss this. Open up your Bibles, Bible apps. I need you to highlight this. Let's look at verse 26. David said to the man who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Okay? Now, if you just keep reading, you would get to verse 36. Let's look at verse 36 and see what it says. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. There's one thing that's mentioned in verse 26, and it happens to be mentioned in verse 36. What is it? Goliath is an uncircumcised Philistine. Now, this truth changes the nature of the battle. See, first of all, whenever you're fighting a Goliath, it always begins first with a spiritual perspective. Okay, in other words, let me help you. If all you see is what you see, then you really don't see all there is to see. 
if all you see is what you see, it's kind of like, I know you're looking, but what do you see? Let me give you a little bit more. In other words, we do understand that the invisible world is the real world. Okay, let me, let me show you. I'm going to need y'all to just stay with me for a moment. If in the event the Lord was to take me home right now, and it's not a rapture, because I'd, I'd be, if it was the rapture, I'd just be like, go Jesus. But if it wasn't, my body would fall right down to the ground. And if you left it there, it would rot. What I'm trying to get you to understand is what you don't see is holding up what you do see. I need you to understand, this is why the invisible world is the real world. This is why your brother and sister isn't your enemy. This is why the person that's getting on your nerves on the job isn't the real issue. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You have to understand. See, you can't, you can't engage in spiritual battle taking a natural approach. A natural solution is not the remedy for a spiritual dilemma. All right, let me give you another example. Remember the demoniac? The demoniac, just can you imagine somebody running around the streets naked in O'Fallon? Some of y'all are like, yeah, we got it. We you know. Some are like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, praise God. We don't have that problem in Toronto. But uh, uh, if you saw that, you'd be like, what did I just see? So this guy was possessed with devils. And the only remedy that they had was, you know, we're going to put him in the cemetery and we're going to bind him with shackles. And, and what would he do? He would break out of them. That right there tells me that a man-made solution is not the answer for a spiritual problem. You and I cannot rely on man's we cannot rely on man's solutions for a spiritual dilemma. Hear me. I'll give you an example. I have nothing against education. I want you to get an education. I want you to go, please get an undergraduate degree, graduate degree, doctorate degree. But it's not going to help you in a spiritual battle. In a spiritual battle, you need to understand that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. We need to be... We are engaged in a spiritual battle, and we need spiritual solutions. That's why instead of pouting and instead of talking about it, what should we do? We'll praise God. You know what? Instead of complaining about it, we'll pray and worship God because we understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody give God praise. Somebody worship God. Somebody give him glory. Hallelujah. Yes. We live in a spiritual world. If you study Ephesians, I don't have time to unpack all of this, but I believe at least on six occasions that I know of, Paul says heavenly places. What he is saying is spirit realm. Look it up. He says we're seated with him in heavenly places. Right now, if you are a born-again believer, you are seated with Christ. 
in heavenly places. It goes on to say that everything that is created, every power is under his feet. And if you're next to Christ, seated with him, then you need to understand what's under your feet. See, this is the spirit realm. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later. I feel like God wants me to do it, not tonight, but later in the week. But this is why we understand through faith. Through faith, the scripture says, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. See, nobody walks in, even right now. I was just reminded. I love the entryway. I just love the way you've got the signs lighted. You come down the road, and it's just like, man, that sign is great presence. You walk in, and I was thinking, this lighting is beautiful, these colors. But nobody, nobody walks in this building, Pastor, and is like, man, I, I love what you're doing with the framing. Nobody walks in after you've renovated your kitchen. They're like, ooh, girl, those countertops, those granite countertops. Oh, that cabinetry. Oh, look at that crown molding. Look at those colors on the furniture. We'll go on and on and on. Nobody, find me somebody who walked into the house that was just decorated or renovated. Like, man, you got to tell me what you did. That, that framing. <laughs> that framing is everything. You can't even see the framing. But the framing is holding up what you don't see. This is why I need you to understand the spirit world is the real world. Don't try to address a spiritual problem with a natural answer. This is what the enemy wants you to do. This is why you're not, hear me, this is why some of us, we're fighting, and just, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. This is why some of us are fighting battles that are not even ours. And you're wondering why you don't feel victorious. You're fighting battles that aren't even yours. And then you're fighting battles in the wrong location. Can you imagine showing up to a fight and working your rear end off? Just... And that's what some of us are doing. And in the spirit realm, the enemy's just like, yeah, wear yourself out. They over here just laughing. It's like, <laughs> look at him. Look at the kill. He is just going all out. Going, and he's not even showing up at the right time or place. This is what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be distracted. This is why some of us are so tired because if we were fighting, see, we're fighting the wrong battle. And if you're fighting the wrong battle, that means you're never going to win. And this is why you're fighting a war that you can't win and you're wondering where are the spoils. Everybody understands that when you go to fight, you go to win. And you have spoiled stuff that belongs to you. That was the case in this context as well. The enemy's like, here's, the, here's how it's going to go down. And here's what's going to happen. And everybody's trying to fight this thing the wrong way. But there's one person that understands something that everybody else doesn't understand. This Philistine is an uncircumcised Philistine. Okay, hear me. So he sees something that they don't see. David looked beyond everything else that all of Israel saw, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, before he went to get the slingshot, before he went to get the stones, David experienced a shift in his perspective. I'll give you an example. Parents, you'll understand this. There was a young boy who was out playing having a good time, doing what boys do. 
and I, I love kids. I love kids. I just we had we had somebody uh, we had a kid who almost set the church on fire like Sunday ago, <laughs> and they were like, "Aren't you gonna be upset?" And I was like, well, "What's the alternative? A dead, dry, boring church?" I said, "No, no, no. I want a place." I said, if stuff isn't getting broke at some point, something's wrong. If stuff isn't getting tore up, something's wrong. So I love it. I love it. I love it. And so this kid just doing what kids do. He's outside playing, tearing stuff up, having fun. Lost his contact lens. He was like, oh, Lord, I got to find my contact lens. If I don't find my contact lens, Mama's going to get a hold of me, and it's going to be a problem. So he's like looking for his contact lens. and He can't find it. About 30 minutes goes by. He can't find his contact lens. He's like, Mom, don't, you know, don't be upset. But I can't find my contact lens. I've looked 30 minutes. And she said, okay, baby, let me go look for it. She went out. Not even two minutes had gone by. She came back. She's like, I found it. He's like, what? He was like, how did you find it? I looked all over the place. And she said, it's really easy. She said, you were looking for your contact lens. I was looking for $250. <laughs> it's just a matter of perspective. What are you looking for? I'm trying to get somebody to look for the victory that Jesus has promised you. I'm trying to get somebody to look for the healing that he has promised you. I'm trying to get somebody to look for the deliverance that he paid to give you. I need somebody to give God praise because it is yours. If you believe that, shout unto God and give him glory. I'm here to tell you what you're looking at is going to affect what you see. So... Don't look at the natural circumstances in your life first. Don't look at those first. You should start your way at the spiritual first, then work your way into the natural. So, let me help, help, let me help you understand something. Covenant is everything. Okay? Covenant. Circumcision was a sign of a covenant with God. When a Hebrew male was born, on the eighth day, they would receive their name and circumcision. Now, covenants are the backbone of the Bible. The idea of covenant is literally, it's a divinely ordained bond. When God wanted to establish something, hear me, he would establish it under a covenant. A covenant with Israel. A covenant with Noah. A covenant with Moses. A covenant with Abraham. A covenant with David. I could go down the list. If you are born again, if you have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with his spirit, you are part of the covenant. Now, hear me, hear me. However, you can be in the covenant, but not under the covenant. Now, watch. I want you to think of covenant as an umbrella. By the way, I love the fact that y'all got all these umbrellas. I want you to think of a covenant as an umbrella. Now, if the umbrella is closed and unopened, and I'm not under it, its covering doesn't cover me, even though I possess the covering. Does this make sense? Okay. So you are only under the umbrella once you open the umbrella and get underneath it. Okay, let me give you an example. When it's pouring rain outside, the covenant doesn't stop it from raining. But once you get under the covenant, 
it does stop it from raining on you. <laughs> okay, all right. So, all right. So, imagine this. I'm, I'm really working our media team today. So, I'm going to go back to the lapel mic. Can I do that? You're a superhero. <laughs> Testing one, two. Okay, praise God. Imagine, now know this, by faith, everything happens by faith, and, and everything happens by faith. Before you repent, you have to have faith. So if we were to go to the grocery store, which we do often, and we go get what we need, and we know we can go to the store because and get whatever we want, not just what we need, y'all not hearing me, because you know sometimes you have a list. Men especially do this. This is why my wife won't send me to the grocery store, because she knows when I go, I'm going to get what's on the list. Yes, I know you gave me a list, but you did not know they had these apple cinnamon Cheerios on sale two for $7. You did not know about that cookie dough ice cream. And then I got some Buffalo Wild Wing pretzels. Oh, my God. Those things are amazing. Wait, I'm like, Lord, please, if it be the will of God, let them have them. Please have this in Toronto. So we go to the store. You know you can get whatever you want because you have the ability to pay for it. Okay, so when we go to the grocery store, you know you've been there at some point. You go in, you're like, oh, it's, it's raining. It's raining. You're like, oh, let me just run on in here real quick. And then you get to shopping and you get your stuff, you get this, and you hear stuff happen, and you're like, man, it's all that rain and thunder. People are looking and like, whoo, it's raining cats and dogs. It could be raining so hard that you actually will have conversation with a stranger. You're like, do you hear all that rain? They're like, child, do I hear it? I'm not going out in that mess. And so you get your stuff. Everybody gets their stuff. And what happens when you've already paid for it, here you look and you go out. And then before you go out, right there in the foyer, you know, the other doors, there's like two sets of doors. The first door and then that other door. Everybody is stuck because they're just waiting like this. There's some people that are, act like they're going to go out in it, but they got a covering over this, so they just, but they don't go. There's always one or two people who had their covering with them who are not stopping, looking at everybody else like Israel was looking like, I ain't touching Saul, I ain't touching Goliath. But there's always one who's like, I need y'all to hear me tonight. I need you to understand. You have the covenant. The question is, are you underneath the covenant? And once you're underneath the covenant, you have the opportunity to operate under the covenant and watch God do supernatural things in your life. I'm trying to encourage you tonight and get you in alignment with his word because the covenant is yours. The co get, get under the covenant. This, this is why... Jesus' name, baptism, is everything. Let me tell you why. Because this is it. When I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, help me, Lord. So when, my, when Sarah and I got married, we've been married 20 years. Uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Like, she took my last name, Thompson. She was Sarah Wheeler beforehand. Now she's Sarah Thompson. I don't have much, but whatever I do have, it's hers. Even so, like, when we go out to the restaurant, 
I'm like, uh, they're like, well, what do you have? I'm, I'm going to have, uh, I'll, t- I'll take a Coke. I don't know what it is, but whenever, whenever I go out to eat, I don't normally, I'm not normally drink soda. But when I go out to eat, I'm like, oh, you know, give me a Coke with grenadine. And uh, she'll say, oh, say, what do you want? You know, she said, I'll just, I'll have some of his. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, she can order her own. <laughs> she can order her own. She don't need some of mine. And she says, she's like, oh, I'll have some of his. I'm, we, we'll, we'll go and get stuff. And I'm like, well, would you like some dessert? You know what? I said, because I love, like, apple-type desserts. And they might have something. I'm going to have some of that. And they'll say, well, Sarah, you know, would you like some of this? She said, oh, I'll just have some of his. I'm like, you know you can order. I'm like, she can order her own. But she understands her place. And she knows that what's mine is really hers. So it's not even about discussion. She's just like, there's nothing to talk about. It's already mine. I'm already in the covenant. What's yours is mine. So I'm just telling her what I want. I want what's yours. I'm trying to get you to understand he died for your healing. He died for your salvation. He died for your peace. He died for your sanity. You just need to go ahead and get it because it's yours. My kids never... My kids never, when I say never, I mean never. My kids never go into the kitchen, open up the fridge, and say, Father, may I have some milk? Or, listen, I could, you, you could go out to eat, which sometimes we do, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take this home, these chicken wings, and I'm going to just save some of those. I'm going to put this in the fridge for that, that snack. That snack that I'm going to enjoy. I go to the fridge. I'm like, guess what? I'm ready. I'm like, I'm going to tear those wings up. I go, oh. Where are my wings? And my son's like, oh, oh, my bad. Those are yours. It's like he understands that whatever's in that house, because he's my child, is his. Oh, God. I'm trying to get you all to understand the same thing, that the victory is yours. All you have to do is... I need somebody to stand to their feet and say, God, I'm going to get under the covenant you have for me. Praise God. Praise God. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. I want us all to stand. Here's what I need you to understand. You have divine authority. Your problem doesn't. You have divine authority. Your problem does not. I need you to let this sink in for a moment. I don't have time to unpack all of this, but from the very beginning, the enemy has no authority in your life. If you are submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you allow his kingdom to govern and reign and rule. So, when you change what you see, in other words, you change what you choose to focus on. And it changes what you do with what you see. 
Are you hearing me? So this leads to one of the most extraordinary events ever. This leads to the slaying of Goliath. Our musicians can come. He took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And check this out. Whenever God moves supernaturally in the Bible, people had to move forward in faith. Can I just tell you, your miracle will never make sense. Your breakthrough will never make sense. Nobody, 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 it, it, nobody was like, child, I knew Jesus was going to spit. It, this makes the most sense. I, I knew that. You did. I was trying to tell them, look, he about to spit, and they're going to. No, no, no. See, can I tell you, it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. And this is why you have to take a step in faith. You have to exercise what's yours and walk under the covenant. See, victory always begins with gaining God's perspective. See, this is why some of us, if we're not here, I, I, I love the word. Trust me, I love the word. And this is what's changing me. I'm becoming more of a word preacher. But we can be guilty of this, you know, Pentecostals. You know, because what we can do is, we can run around and we can pray and we can foam at the mouth and we 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 tearing down altars and just kind of you know I didn't grow up in church but I remember Rocky I always think about when I think about spiritual warfare I think about Rocky three when he's fighting Clubber Lang and Clubber Lang was Mr T and Mr T was like and we can kind of do that we can just kind of be praying like and the reality of it is we're trying to fight to gain victory when we should operate from a place of victory. Victory is already ours. Hear me, peace is already ours. Joy is already ours. Can I tell you, your healing is already, your sanity is already yours. It's already yours. Victory begins with having God's perspective. You don't have to go get anything. You operate from a place of that. So David says, you come to me with a sword and a spear. And you know what? He said, listen, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. This is why Sarah took on my name. We're in covenant. We're in covenant. When you are buried with Christ, it says in Colossians, when you are buried in Christ, you are putting on Christ. In other words, you are now in covenant with him. This supernatural, this is such a big deal because in the Old Testament, it was the cutting away of the flesh. That's what the circumcision was. In the New Testament, it's the when you are taking on the name of Christ, you are all your sins are washed away. You are buried with him. You are raised to newness of life. That's how you're in covenant with him. This covenant is everything. So let me just tell you, I want to say this. I don't normally unpack all of this, but if you, if you have never been baptized before or if you're not sure how you were baptized, can I just encourage you? Because a, a lot of us, a lot of us were baptized under repentance. This was very common. I was baptized under repentance. Then I saw this, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, I have to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
And when I saw that, I'm in covenant. I'm in covenant. And can I tell you, when you get in covenant, everything changes. Tonight, I feel like there's people here that are facing Goliaths. And if not, you will be facing a Goliath. But here's the difference. Tonight, somebody's about to get under the covenant. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. I just need somebody, somebody to be willing to say, you know what, Pastor Akil? Yeah, that's, that's me. That's me. I need one David. There might be more than one, but there's somebody here that says, you know what? I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming to take what's mine. I'm coming to operate in what God has called me to operate in. I'm going to walk in a level of faith in this year where it's going to be different than any other year in my life. I'm not going to walk in the routine, mundane, ordinary experiences, but I'm walking under covenant, a covenant that's going to produce supernatural results in my life. I'm telling you, if you'll take God at his word and you'll walk under covenant, God is going to pour out his spirit. God, you will not only slay your Goliath, but you will raise up a generation of Goliath killers. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands all over this house and begin to cry out to God. I want you to begin to bless him. I want you to begin to cry out to him. I want you to begin to worship him. Come on, that's it. Because when you come to God, your Goliath will fall. When you call on his name, you will slay your Goliath. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want to do. As a matter of fact, I might do this every night because I feel like God's, I just, it's in my spirit right now. But if you need, you're facing a Goliath. We're going to pray. And we're going to name it Goliath. We're going to name it Goliath. It might be sickness, but tonight it's not sickness. It's Goliath. It might be depression, but tonight it's not depression. It's Goliath. It might be a bad addiction, but tonight it's not smoking or alcohol or pornography or bad attitude. It's Goliath. It could be mismanagement of finances. It could be bitterness. But tonight it's Goliath because we know where it's going to end up. I need somebody who's willing to say, you know what? I got a Goliath in my life that I'm facing. This altar is open. Would you come? Would you come? That's beautiful. Come on, there's many that are already coming. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. 